This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Hey everybody, it's Valerie here. Today's show is part one of five. I'm going to drop these next five episodes consecutively. They're going to be a recap of the last 99 shows. An intro to the show, a snippet for each episode, and I'm going to try to pack 20 shows into each part. If you've missed any over the years, this will be a great recap. I had so much fun looking back, and I've even remastered some of these. Thank you for hanging with me throughout all 99 shows. Well, 2020 has been a year of changes, growing, and getting back into my personal growth. It's been a long year, having been laid off at the end of January of 2020, then COVID erupting, learning how to be a teacher. Can I add this to my resume? Diving into audiobooks as a side gig turned serious gig. Eat, read, and create at every possible turn with DIY projects, cooking, and consuming books voraciously to keep my sanity. This has been a year of incredible life marks that will forever change me, and you too, likely. Let's celebrate my 100th show. So if you're new to this show, thanks for stopping by, as this will be a great introduction for you and my style of show. To keep you entertained, London, my nine-year-old daughter, will be taking over the microphone for part of this five-part series and providing you with show titles and details. Take it away, London. Welcome back to Valerie's Variety Podcast with your host, me, Valerie Moss. This show is about eating, reading, and creating these three things influence us every day and the people that make this happen. Isn't it you or me or our friends? Hi, it is so nice to be here and I would love to host this show for my mom, the great podcaster of Valerie's Variety Podcast and Vets to Go is my absolute favorite podcast of all time. And that episode, Vets to Go, is episode 43, so go check it out now. Now, now you've heard the nice and calm London. Here's the real London. Yo, what up, people from New Brunswick, New York, Las Vegas, all people from Calgary, Alberta. My home territory. And London, England, hello to the Queen. Enjoy Enjoy the episode. Episode Episode 1. Why a podcast? Being a blogger for many years, it seems to be a natural transition. Did you know that the average lifespan of a podcast is around six months? Who knew? One article went so far to compare it like this, a mosquito, versus a tortoise. Sort of like the tortoise and the hare. You get it? Da-da! 12% of podcasts make it to one episode, and very few last over six months, which is 
per month. So, from her mom, although she's had a bit of a hiatus this past year, so now she is at her 100th episode. Here's episode one's little clip. And they have um, their narrator. His name is Tyler. He has a very calm voice and perfect for the message that he's delivering in this hard to fathom podcast subject and um, yeah some of his stories I can't even listen to because they're just too scary but definitely worth a trip over there to check him out so again that's Minds of Madness podcast check it out on iTunes and let me know what you think the third one I'm going to review today is called S-Town. And this one is basically stands for Shit Town. It's a podcast by Serial and This American Life. And the host, Brian Reed, he's like about 47 years old. He looks like the average person, but he was inundated by emails from this guy. His name is John B. McLemore. And John B. is the strangest guy that you probably have ever met. And you'll really get to know him through this podcast. By the way, here's a fun fact. My mom loves to knit. Dun, dun, dun. Episode 2. Calgary Weather. Headley's. And Work Safety. If you're in Calgary, you're familiar with the Chinooks. Headley's unsavory character. Take a listen. Everyone at band thinks that they can act like this, in this manner, and possibly get away with this kind of conduct. It's just one of those things you add to the unthinkable list. Here's some background on Headley, the lead singer. He was born in Surrey, British Columbia, in Western Canada, one of the most beautiful provinces in our country. He won the second season of Canadian Idol, which in itself is an amazing accomplishment. Plus, he married his high school sweetheart and was married for five years. Now they're divorced. How does something like this happen? Is it fame? Is it a feeling like you won't get caught? Or no one will expose your bad side? Being invincible, I'm sure at many times you likely feel this way as a celebrity, and possibly due to the recent Me Too, hashtag Me Too movement we are living in. This has brought the band and made the band reflect about changing their liberal lifestyle. But for celebrity, it's just that much more intense, and you create this huge long tail. However, it will likely be short-lived, and in the news next week will be something else, but it will affect these guys for a long time, and their fans, and their history. Let me know what you think of Headley, and what your perspective is on what's happening with them. And um, yeah, leave it in my show notes, or send me an email. We can talk about it. This kind of leads me into my second thought for the episode, the armchair expert. This 
is a recent podcast I came upon while reviewing Calgary-themed variety podcast. And as a side note, I realized there's more Bible and evangelistic church-centric podcast than any other podcast reflecting Calgary. Now, not that I mind, but where's the rest of the Calgary content on podcasts for iTunes? This is kind of driving me more and more to put this podcast out and to shed a different side of Calgary to the listeners out there. When I was reviewing the other podcasts, as I always am looking for content to listen to on my commute, I came upon a podcast called The Armchair Expert. And I thought I heard this on Ellen way back when. It's a podcast by Dax Shepard. And um, it's quickly become one of my very favorite podcasts. He has a great way of interviewing people. And he also has interesting people too interview. I've always been a big fan of his early acting. Now, now it's time for Valerie's Fun Facts. Did you know my mom was raised by a single dad? Episode 3. Haunted Dean House. Food faves and work safety. Yes, we got married in a haunted house. My favorite place to eat is Four Spot Kitchen and Bar. We just walk over. Continuing my mom's slash Valerie's work safety. Another place I wanted to just do a a bit of a review on is kind of one that holds a special spot in me. When I first moved to Calgary about 20 years ago, I, of course, needed a job, and I was working at Safeway at the time, and I needed another job because I was only working part-time there. So I applied for a banqueting position at the Carriage House Inn, which is located off McLeod Trail Southeast and 90th Avenue. And this hotel and banquet facility is actually celebrating their 50th birthday this year, 2018, which I just heard on the radio. So I thought that was good timing to share on the podcast. And, you know, I worked there in my early 20s and late teens, and I loved it. It reminded me of growing up. Um, with my dad and working in the food service industry with my grandparents and you got to you know work in weddings and bartend and it was just a super fun job and so yeah it always holds a little spot in my heart I love going there some of the people that I worked with there 20 years ago are still there working and running the carriage house the food there is excellent. Their Sunday brunch we still go to, not frequently, but we'd like to probably go more often, but it's just delicious. They probably have the the best brunch in the city. It's a bit pricey. I think it's about $27 each adult plus the child, Um, but it's worth the money if you were to compare it with other facilities that are hosting brunch, like a traditional brunch where you can get your hot food and your cold food bar and your vegetarian seafood as well as meat dishes. 
and they have like excellent salads and they have a good hot buffet and a waffle station and yeah it just has a good variety of all kinds of food um one thing that they do there is they put shrimp in butter and garlic and they fry it up at the buffet so it kind of wafts through the air as you're filling your plates and it smells so good And then they also have a large chocolate fountain. Episode 4, Bowling Anyone, Alarm Clock, and Beer Tidbit. A great family night of free bowling at Craftbury, waking up by alarm clock. She still is not a morning person. That'd be me. I am not a morning person. Trust me, don't come waking me up. And the best beer tidbit. Take a listen. How a name can make or break a product or a food group, even. It talks about how, like, a little jingle can sell millions of dollars. He goes into different stories, like about the pet rock and the guy who invented the pet rock, who was the same guy who invented the mood ring. So I'm just kind of telling you about the pet rock. There was a bunch of them sitting around a bar, and they're all talking about how boring their animals are. Like you feed them, you walk them, you know, they might give you a bit of attention, but animals are kind of boring. They just take your energy and don't really give anything back. So he said, oh, it would be great if you could just have a pet rock. And everybody at the table burst out laughing. They just thought this was hilarious. And so he was kind of thinking, hmm, I'm onto something here. But the beauty about the pet rock invention wasn't the rock itself. It was how you take care of the rock. You feed it. How to, wa- how to water it. How to take it for walks. He had all these funny things that you could do with a pet rock included in your purchase of the pet rock. Well, this guy, he made millions on this silly idea. So, Terry O'Reilly, the host of the show, like I said, he has a super unique voice. He has very convincing plot lines and how he can start his story out and then come back to the beginning of the story after he's kind of told you all the background about it. It's a pretty neat way uh, of telling a story and listening to a guy perform it. He's definitely a performer. I always want to hear more episodes out of him. Uh, So definitely uh, worth checking out. It's called Under the Influence. It's a CBC podcast. And this guy, he produces his podcast out of an Airstream mobile studio. So like an Airstream camper trailer it's set up and he produces it out of there. But he has like great intro, outro, good B roll, good transition from one topic to the other, and he sums everything up in the end. It's a super good, entertaining podcast. Even if you're not in the advertising industry and you're just in a job like mine where we produce signage for all kinds of companies. It's really interesting to listen to 
you know, like a Mad Men kind of advertising. Fun fact. My mom has short hair and she loves to eat. Episode 5. Intruder in Mount Pleasant. When I was six years old, my mom and I caught a burglar in our car, stealing from us, sitting in our car, touching our things. Ugh, we smelled pepper spray. It was absolutely and utterly terrible. Take a listen. I'm heading into work, obviously. Not in the best state of mind for a Monday morning. The two of us girls come upon an intruder in our garage, chase him out of the garage, and then deal with the aftermath. In the meantime, the police officer starts doing some investigating here. So if you walk down our back alley, there was two... Cameras and the two cameras showed nothing. One was recently disconnected, and the other one recently had the batteries changed out, so it didn't actually work either. Then apparently, there's a problem house north of us, so they went there and investigated the problem house to see. If there was anybody at that house that possibly robbed or, you know, had any of our items there and um, kind of checked around, see if there was a bike. So they did end up getting with one bike, but not both of our bikes. And um, the intruder did leave a Gatorade bottle and a hard hat in my garage so we could take those, and the officer said he could get possibly get DNA off of them, and then investigated the other sites kind of around us, like construction sites, to no to no positive outcome. So they couldn't find any of our stuff, and nobody really saw anything. The next day, I discover that. My birth certificate has been stolen. And I knew I had a little, like a little, um, you know, those binder clips. So I had like, I don't know, several cards packed in one of those binder clips. And they were gift cards. One was $500. One was $75. One was 100 Like I had quite a few that I had just stored in there from when I was out and about and needed or wanted to use them up. So they were handy. I don't really carry a purse around, so I just kept them in there. And I had my birth certificate in there because I needed to go to an appointment that required a birth certificate. So I discovered that my birth certificate is missing. Fun fact about my mom. My mom has green eyes, and it's just the right amount of blue and green mixed together. They're beautiful. Episode 6. Broadcasting for Corrections. Valerie's first guest is her stepsister Janice. 
We discussed her incredible job in communications, how they became siblings, the car accident that she had survived, and more. Take a listen. Communication. So I took it was office education. So okay. it's just like everything under the sun when you want to be an admin assistant. Oh, okay. So you kind of went for like an EA type position. Yeah. Okay, well, got it. So that's kind of what I was going for. But uh, one of my instru- one of my typing instructors um, one day... You took typing? I took typing. Oh, my I God. I did. So this is a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Keyboarding, whatever you call it. Um but he, I could not get my 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 time up. I couldn't I couldn't okay. get any faster, and I was just getting so frustrated. And one day, the instructor just he stood up, and I'm like, ah, oh, really frustrated. And he, he says to me, you know, Janice, how are you ever going to be a good admin person if you don't know how to type? Right. And it just floored me because I'm like, oh you're my trying gosh. so hard. Well, I was like, I don't want to be an admin person. Right. So at that moment, I knew that I didn't want to be an admin person, but all of these skills were transferable to something else. I just had to figure that out. Okay. So my practicum at the end of this whole thing put me at a place called Information Services Corporation in Regina, which dealt with land titles. And I landed my practicum spot in communi- their public relations branch. Oh, at the facility? At the at, at uh, Information Services Corporation. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. And there I met, I worked for a lady call, uh, named Virginia Wilkinson, mm-hmm. who was the director of communications there. And I really just worked on their kind of signature program. And she says, she asked me, you know, what do you want to do uh, when you grow up? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. Right. It's like events and working with people and talking okay, with okay. media. So she told me, okay, go back to university. Yay. That's the... So did you public speak in school or anything like that? No, I was very shy. Okay. But you knew you wanted to be a public speaker. I kind of wanted just to do something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so she pointed me back to university. So I went and I took my public relations certificate and voila. Um... During that time, I think it took me seven years because I had, I was a full-time mom, right? right. So I had to do it so, in the evening. Yeah, yeah. But along the way, I, you know, landed communications positions here and there as I completed my uh, certification. It landed me in uh, corrections, justice, um, corrections, um, and policing. So, which was fantastic. I loved working at the corrections and policing because it was so uh, unique. Different. Unique, right? Like it's the raw of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's no easy job. I mean, like. So where did you work? Like what kind of facility did you work in when you got into that role? I didn't work at a facility. I actually worked out of the main deputy minister's office. Oh, wow. Okay. So what I did was I wrote speeches. All right. So this is um, episode six is fun fact. My mom, she is a really kind person and she's loving and always truthful. She shows me with surprises every now and then and it's always fun. Episode 7. Interview with the Warden. Interview with the Warden. This Warden 
shows the kindness in everyone. Even though people do bad things, it doesn't make them a bad person. I was uh, informed of was always be uh, respectful and uh, towards other inmates. And use, even use that when I say that to uh, officers when that were graduating at courses that I used to attend as a speaker. Sometimes you get this look like, "What do you mean they're they're an offender? They're an inmate? Yeah, they're, or this, they or, lost that privilege right. or and this people, attitude. It's almost reinforcing uh, the labeling theory, right? And, right. And in fact, they still remain a human being. And so, when you're you're being respectful, it's just treating someone right. Because if we don't emulate how to treat someone correctly, we will just allow or enable the negative behaviors to continue. And so if you just keep you know, maintaining that and showing them that you know, a person can be treated with respect regardless of what they're in there for. And you know, it's kind of like you know, keeping that positive um, you know, foot forward or positive thought process. You won't impact everyone, but there will still be some that have never been treated that way that will, in fact, internalize that and make some effective changes. I'm not going to say they go 180 degrees, mm-hmm. but they may start to change the arc of how they approach things with other people. Well, don't you separate it so they're not bad people, but what they chose was a bad path or they chose a bad decision? Yeah, you, you try and do your best. I mean, some things you, you find out some of the really dark places that your your uh, offenders come from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're only human, too. And so you always have to check yourself as well. Um, right, because you're not on the cover of Cosmo every month. That, well, hopefully right. not. Right, hopefully, no. yes. Uh, but there are, you know, there's some pretty, um, you know, there's some people that you wouldn't, you certainly aren't going to invite home for dinner. Uh, you're not going to be allowing, uh, you certainly are, are not going to want your, your child to be, uh, um, you know, involved with them socially. Exchanging Christmas cards, things sure. like that. Um, although I've, I've had a few that uh, have given me Christmas cards over the years, but fortunately it's to my uh, address in the center and not, not, you know, outside. Yes. Um, but the fact that they even did that was actually a positive thing because they were right. trying to, to show Active themselves kindness. as being, well, they're trying to, yeah, it's human, right? Right. And not to say that they aren't, but there's different... Uh, Episode 8, expatriate in Qatar, born in Calgary. My grandpa Mike was born at the Calgary General Hospital, and he traveled to Qatar as an expat. Stop and ride. No, this is right. All personal, this is their personal personal space. Property. And and I was kind of reprimanded by the guard, you know, when I, when we were driving out because he didn't see me come in. But then he stopped me as I was going out, and he wasn't too happy with me not checking in or you know right that kind of thing. Eh? So but so it what? Was, it was uh, beautiful. He had he had kind of animals. He had some. Uh, he had of course he had camels there. He had some. Um, um, ostriches and, uh, um, you know, just roaming cages, no cages, oh. you know, with all of these animals in it. You know. Wow. Neat. So, um, so you were there for six or seven years mm-hmm. and what did you learn the most? Like I remember talking to you on the phone and, you know, here we always talk about the weather. <laughs> so I remember when you first moved there and I'm like, how's the weather? Hot. How's it today? Hot. Like the weather never changes, plus 50 all the time. Like it was super hot when you first moved there. And everywhere 
you went and everything you did was air conditioned. Go from air conditioning to air conditioning. Yeah, pretty much in the summertime. Of course, you know, like they did have some very comfortable weather. They have very comfortable weather for about six months of the year. And then and they get like a weird sandstorm and stuff and once yeah, and in a while. they get some storms and sandstorms and it gets kind of cold and then, you know, and then it starts warming up and it's just, you know, gets really hot through the summer months, you know, like June, May, June, July, August, you know, they'll top out at 55 degrees Fahrenheit sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, um, kind of cools down again, you know, like when you get into October, November, and then December is perfect, 25 degrees every day sort of thing. Right? Oh, wow, so nice moderate. Yeah. So there's at least six, seven months of perfect weather, right? Qatar weather, climate, and geography. Qatar has dry, subtropical desert climate with a low annual rainfall and intensely hot and humid summers. Spring and Listen to a fun fact about my mom. She loves change, although she's been married for 20 years this year. Well, not 2020, 2021. Episode 9, Calgary Tower versus Wellingtons versus the keg. So I went on a school field trip to the Calgary Tower once, and I would like to say that it was fantastic. We found out some really cool facts, like the glass that you stand on that you can look down through can actually hold three hippos. They haven't brought any hippos up there, but they did bring a horse, and the horse stood on there with its owner on its back. And I would also like to say that I don't know the middle one, but I do know the keg. And the keg is one of me and my family's greatest restaurants that we love. We love you, the keg. This episode compares the three and what we love about them. Well, I already said what I love about them. Let's see what my mom loves about them. Wellingtons of Calgary, we've been going there as well, like for the last 10 years, annually and birthdays and anything celebratory, and it's well worth it. So that's my next review. Segue into the Wellingtons of Calgary review. located at 10325 Bonaventure Drive, southeast. So in the southeast part of the city, a little older area, very well established, kind of high-end shops around there. And I think it's been in the same location for its lifetime. Um, It definitely boasts a higher-end feel, Men are in jackets, ladies are in nice cocktail dresses, and they're famous for their food, and the atmosphere is dim and quaint. The people murmur at the tables, and the service is impeccable. So we've been going there for over 15 years, and really committed over the last 10 years, and my husband's been going there long before that, so it's definitely been a staple in our lives, especially together. We celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and work functions. So let me see if I can describe the feeling in there. 
So you walk in and there's coat check and you can keep your coat or leave it. And you walk by a nice um, kind of reception concierge area. You pass by a beautiful backlit wine cellar and then you're taken into this dimly lit, quaintly lit, I should probably say, dining room with big booths and beautiful tables with white linen on them and gorgeous seats and you're very comfortable. Um, They do have like a fireplace kind of setting in one area and they have like a little higher end, like higher I mean like you go up a couple steps into a loft sort of space and I don't know how many people it holds but probably like 50 or 75 people maybe. And there's like wall sconces on there and the, the wait staff is dressed in your typical black and white and well-groomed. So yeah, they seat you at this nice table. They bring over fresh bread and water and they, you know, offer you a cocktail menu and you're just feel at home there. The smell in the room is amazing. You immediately notice that people are enjoying. Fun fact: generally some bigger. My mom's blood type is B positive, which is rare. Only seven percent of the population has it. Episode ten: I've been summoned. Have you? Here's my mom's almost jury duty story. Here's the clip. A session may still be recorded after the judge leaves the room. For as long as I can remember, I've wanted to be on a jury. Watching all of the crime shows and listening to the different cases on the news, I wanted to be part of this experience. I hear so many people that do not want to be on jury duty, nor are they honored or thrilled to get this letter, but I am. I think it's our civic duty to be part of this process our taxes, and our right to vote have an impact. This kind of stuff makes me tick, and I want to be part of the society we live in and have an impact. The jurors are charged with the responsibility of deciding whether, on the facts of the case, a person is guilty or not guilty of the offense for which he or she has been charged. The jury must reach its verdict by considering only the evidence introduced in court and the directions of the judge. Part of me that has a bit of a concern. If I was to get a case like O.J. Simpson or something like this magnitude, this could financially impact my life long term and my family unit. What about a case of child abuse or animal cruelty? How would I react? I'm prepared in some ways, understanding this would be a serious offense and people on trial may not be understood or understandable. So wish me luck. Tell me a story about how... Fun fact. Episode 10's fun fact is... I can roll my tongue and mom can't! (laughs) Woo! This is my mom's. (laughs) And this is mine. Episode 11. 11. Episode 11. All hail the Caesar 
and ginger beef. I'm all heading now. I'm bowing to the king of ginger beef. <laughs> oh, and don't forget the Caesar King or whatever that thing is. Both originated in Calgary. Here's the story. Take a listen. But the Western Canadian version generally consists of deep-fried strips of beef coated in a dark sweet sauce that is reminiscent of other Asian sauces based on vinegar and sugar. It also contains flavors of ginger, garlic, and hot peppers and is commonly served with a small amount of julienne carrots and onions in the sauce. Ginger beef is derived from the original Guan Nago Yak Chinese dish. As with many dishes, the invention of ginger beef is claimed by several restaurants and chefs. However, the most widely accepted origin attributes the dish development during the mid-70s by Chef George Wong at the Silver Inn in Calgary, Alberta. This dish is now a very important part of the culture in Calgary and that part of Canada. A radio segment featuring ginger beef was aired on CBC Radio 1 program, The Main Ingredient. The Silver, the Silver Inn Restaurant Canada's finest Peking-style Chinese food was started in 1975, a newly arrived family from Hong Kong decided to open a Chinese restaurant outside of Calgary's Chinatown. Two sisters, Louise Tsang and Lily Wong, found an old cafe on 4th Street Southwest with a sign that said Silver Inn. The building was worn out, but the sign was still in excellent condition. Silver Inn's original menu included some Western as well as Chinese food, and was revamped to include their new Peking-style Chinese dishes, some of which were deemed strange for Calgarians' palates at the time. Initially, they had to serve a lot of grilled cheese sandwiches to please customers who weren't ready for the new Chinese dishes. That's when Lily's husband, George Wong, who was also the restaurant chef, decided to take out an old beef recipe he'd used while in England and tweaked it to satisfy the beef-eating habits of Cowtown. He coated the strips in batter. The new recipe was initially called deep-fried shredded beef in chili sauce, and the word about its delicious taste and texture soon spread around town. Ginger beef was born. The family behind the Silver Inn will not brag about inventing the famous dish, but they are willing to admit that they helped popularize a dish that is still the best-selling dish on their menu, as in almost every Chinese food restaurant here. Fun fact about my mom. Has a cat named Tig. You would have heard her on Vets to Go. My favorite show, remember when I said it in the beginning? Um, her name it was originally Tigger, and then we shortened it to Tig, and we also can call her Tiggy. So that's our cat. Episode 12, Q&A between a mom and six-year-old daughter. The six-year-old daughter's me, the nine-year-old now. Three years ago, wow. Feels like forever. So, episode 12 is a mix between mom and daughter sharing and talking and having fun. Um, here's my mom. She is saying um, the clips that she made for herself to share on the show. <laughs> 
Come on, Mom. Take the microphone away for 20 seconds. Here's my mom. Woo-woo! Vote for Valerie. By far, a show that's gone down in our history as a family. We loved making this episode and have wanted to do more. Something that is worth doing with your kids. So hilarious. Also remember at the top of the show, this is where most podcasts flounder, episode 12, and I'm still growing. Take a listen. All sorts of things. Like I like to play with my friends and... Who's some of your friends you like to play with? Next door, I have Orly and Victoria. Mm-hmm. Orly is the um, oldest and Victoria is the youngest. So I play with them and I play babies and stuff. So I also have Elizabeth, Emily, Surratt, so many people. So many friends. Hey, you have a lot of friends. Yeah, I have Bentley, so many. I can't explain all of them. So, do you have any siblings? N O no. What do you like about being an only child? No one comes into my room and says, "Come on, sister." Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's funny. What do you think makes a person good-looking? I don't understand the question. Like, what? It says, "What do you think makes a person good-looking?" Like, if you were to look at a boy and you think, or a girl, and you think she's pretty, what about her or is he's pretty? he's handsome. Or he's handsome. What would I think is pretty or handsome? Let's see. Sometimes Cohen has hair gel in. Sometimes Cohen has hair gel in, so it's like this little stuff that makes your hair kind of hard. So kind of Kind of stiff. Yeah, like you can't quite move it as easy as hair does, like this. You just tickle, 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 and it's already moving. Does that make him look handsome? Yeah, because it's all on one side, and yeah. and it won't move to the other side, so it's not looking crazy. Yeah, and what would make a girl look pretty? In the olden days, they wear bonnets. They still do, but um, they're they're so beautiful. Like they have some. Purple roses, like they're purple and Mm -hmm. like that. And what about in this day and age, not in the olden days? What makes you think somebody's pretty? Hats. Hats? Yeah. You think hats are, hats, hats make you look pretty? Yeah. Okay. Like sometimes you can have beautiful hats that maybe have some diamonds on them. I guess. What is the grossest thing you can think of? The poop emoji. Ooh, that's a good one. Interesting fact about my daughter. She's great on the microphone. Thanks, London. You're welcome, Mom. And thank you for taking the microphone away for 19 seconds. And counting. Next episode is episode... Episode 13. Thrifty Princess Consignment. Great for moms and daughters. We actually found a pretty good sweater just recently. Go check it out. What the heck? There's no haunted happenings. There is. I just never told you. 
Mom, you need to tell me that stuff. The haunted happenings within the store. Did you know there's a hole in the dirt wall beneath the store? That. Get down! Tell me how. I'm waiting on the edge. No, tell me what happens. I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, seriously, please. That. That's right. Exactly. Um, you have a lot of jewelry in here. So, you have somebody you buy your jewelry no, from? It's okay. Like literally all consignment, and it's crazy the, the stuff that comes in. Yeah, like you have some really nice. I know. We're sitting right at the jewelry counter, <laughs> so we're admiring it all. Yeah. Do you have any favorite pieces in here right now? Um, yes, if you look down below you, there's a Navajo squash blossom. What this, is that? Oh, oh wow. Like, it's incredible. I love it. Okay, so that. pull that out. Let's have a look at it. So it's all um, handmade jewelry, but oh my gosh. Oh, and yeah. So it's... With turquoise and lots of... Yeah. So designs. what are these called? Those are called the squash blossoms. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not an expert by any means on this. There's right. There's so many things to know, but they are um, very valuable and very sought after. So the piece of jewelry we're looking at is, it looks like stainless steel, but, but it's, it's probably silver. like silver mm -hmm. or, um, with turquoise. it has a big turquoise emblem on the bottom and it has these squash blossoms, which look like little candelabra style finish on them. Mm -hmm. It's That's very jaggedy. It's heavy. It has a beautiful clasp on the end. And how much is it? $525. $525. This might be one of your most expensive items in here. It is, yeah. At the, at the moment. There's, at the moment, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's stunning. It's a beautiful piece of jewelry. Mm -hmm. It's got a gorgeous turquoise bead on the end. And let me see. Oh, it's not too heavy. No. No. It's definitely, um, it, looks heavier than it, is. it does look heavy. It looks a little bit dangerous if you were to have <laughs> a couple of glasses of wine and wear that. Could be snagging a sweater or something. What else do you have in here that you love? Um, oh, this. Okay, we're opening another cabinet. It's jade. Oh my gosh. So she just handed me a jade bracelet. The price tag is $48. It's solid jade. It looks like it's about quarter inch thick and it's completely engraved all the way around. Mm -hmm. What's engraved with? Flowers? It's kind of strange. It sort of looks like a chef's hat. Fun fact. So we ran out of fun facts about me and my mom. <laughs> Okay, episode 14, peeps. Enjoying summer in Calgary. Container markets. Two Hills Earl Grey ice cream. I love that ice cream. So does my mom. And take. And enjoying a bulldog. Woo! Puerto Rican people dancing and doing the cha-cha up there. It was so exciting. 
we had to stop and watch and enjoy for quite a while. Here's a list of the real deal retailers that run their stores out of these containers. Bark, which is a canine lover's rejoice. East Village Connection Pod, a space where East Village's people and stories meet. Family Squeeze Treat Box, Eau Claire Oil and Vinegar Bar, Atapiatki Park, Nation to Nation. Platform Innovation Studio, Pony Friday, Prairie Bazaar and Oxeye Wild, Wrath Bicycle, which is a really cool store, She Empowers by Alora, The Painted Bottle Art Gallery, That Vegan Place, and more. It's totally worth the stop and enjoy. And there's usually food trucks and stuff parked around there too that you can stop and get a snack at or a drink. Definitely worth the stop. Our next stop on our biking tour is Village Ice Cream. Which is located in Victoria Park, just off of 10th Avenue and 4th Street in the southeast, so in downtown. This place makes you crave ice cream in the night. It's luxurious and creamy and always leaves you wanting more. And I'll get a single scoop, uh, Earl Grey tea, and a cake cone. With three locations to choose from in the city, Victoria Park is the one that we go to, Britannia, and then in Garrison Corner. It covers almost all the areas in the city. Super easy to get to. Episode 15's fun fact is coming early. Well, um, my eyes are blue and I have brown hair. It's a crazy combination. And it's a rare combination. All right, episode 15 is... Investigating Calgary in the 1950s. (laughs) Never mind, it wasn't the 1950s, it was the 1970s! Woo! My mom found two historical Calgary cases. Two top downloaded podcasts to date. Here's a sneak peek on these. From the 1970s. So after learning how to use a microfiche machine, which was a lesson in itself, pull out this roll, put it in the take-up lever, run it through, slide this, do that, make sure it's lined up, turn it around so it's not upside down, try to figure out how to read it slowly, quickly, you know, it was kind of a lesson in itself. Then I figured out that you can actually translate it through a standard PC. 
oh, I was way more comfortable with this. So once we got that working, then I was looking at 1977, January 1st to the 10th. I scoured through many articles to see if anything caught my eye. I learned very quickly that a few hours, well, a few hours, that I require many hours at this to be A, good at it, and B, actually find what I'm looking for. One thing about the Central Library is it has culture and numerous resources for people to ask. So after I went through a couple rolls of film, microfiche film, I found a few articles that I liked and some interesting little tags from these that I will share with you. Um, And then I spoke to one of the librarians and asked about how I can get more information on local history. Lo and behold, there was a local history room there. The room itself is not dark and dank, but it's older, and the lighting is okay, but kind of minimal. The desks are oak. Everything is oak. Large, large library desks are oak. Excellent for spreading out and completing your research. The smell, it's got some years under its belt, that's for sure. Paper, dust, and a little bit stale and kind of dank in there. The look is definitely from the 60s. Burgundy carpet, oak cabinets lined up, loads of, you know, book supports and handwritten articles. It's pretty interesting. They had these um, metal filing cabinets all lined up along one wall with the little thumb button to move the lock switch over to open the drawers one at a time only. And the feeling in there was culture, it was history, encyclopedias and maps and books and books and newspaper clippings. Episode 16. In this episode, my mom sort of owns this podcasting thing more and more. First, for professionally produced music by a local artist, Jackson, not Jackson, Jason Schnell. Then she auditioned for a couple of dramas. She received the nicest rejection letter. And she was a guest on another podcast. How exciting is that? Here's the clip. So that was a fun fun experiment to be part of. I received my very nice, probably the best genuine rejection letter I've ever received. I love this experience and kudos to them for responding. At least I know where I was at. So the email says, Thanks so much for sending in your audition for the character of Frost. We received 99 auditions and ended up going with another candidate. However, please do follow us on Twitter to find out about future casting calls, especially especially as we move into Season 2. Thank you again and all the best. Words and warmth, Sarah. 99 auditions? So they had to send 99 of these 
super kind PFO emails. How kind. So Girl in Space podcast. Listen on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or support the show on Patreon. So then I had the pleasure of auditioning for another show called Forgotten News. It came up on a Facebook podcast page from a guy named Jim Goodluck. He was looking for narrations or voice guests for his podcast. So I checked out what he was looking for and the little blurb about his show goes like this. Welcome to the Forgotten News podcast. This is your window to hear true stories from long ago. Stories that once made headlines. Stories that people thought would be unforgettable, but soon were lost in the sands of time, or were buried deep in the dustbin of history. In this podcast, we brush off the sand and dust and share those stories with you today, as fresh as when they were first told. The initial request asked for me to record several words, police blotter and court news over and over in different segments. Take a listen. Police blotter and court news. 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 So I sent that segment into him and then he responded with this email my mom loves the number 17 one more fun fact my mom named our kitchen kitchen 17 and her studio studio 17 how could she not love 17 episode 17 interview with jason schnell guy that wrote the original show music and our q a he could interview or meet anyone he would pick. Jesus. Listen here to find out why. Each one of them does a different thing. So they're quite fun. Uh, very entertaining. And so many possibilities. Um, it's a great instrument. Um, for a synthesizer to make the music for the podcast I asked you um, what kind of music you liked and um, you sent me some uh, songs I listened to them and I uh, took out the best things that I liked about them too and I tried to Incorporate those kind of sounds, rhythms, beats, maybe a bit of melody um, into uh, something I thought was fun. Um, I wanted it upbeat, like some of the tracks you sent me. So when that was all done, I sent it via DropSend. And uh, you liked the first take, even though I sent you others. But 
that's the one you prefer to use, so I can't wait to hear what you do with it. How many hours did you put into making Tascam 40? Altogether, um, off and on creating the track, I'd say it took me about five hours to make, partly because I wanted to get more familiar with um, the instrument, as well as, let's see, um, just putting everything I could into it, so I come up with something unique and very fun. I know your background is in music, and you've played music at church for quite a number of years. Tell me a bit about that. I still play the acoustic guitar at church, although I like to take the summer off to do things with the kids, and um, playing once a month on the weekend is quite a time commitment. So I like to uh, space it out, but... I am on once a month starting in September, so I look forward to that. You're a busy dad with three kids. Do your kids play? And what are they like? The kids like to play music. I think they love to listen to music more than playing. Um, but Episode 18, Calgary Cold Case, 1976. Patsy McQueen and Eva Dvorak. This is my mom's top view blog and podcast of all. Listen to the clip. There's also a follow-up show in progress. Oh, and... Two girls, 11 years old, go missing, bodies found. And it's a cold case. All in the area where Patsy lived and where Ava lived, but we can surmise the girls lived in a rougher part of the Calgary city. Both girls lived close to and attended the Ian Bazalja Junior High School. To the north lived Patsy, and to the south, Eva, almost the same distance from the school. Patsy in grade 9 and Eva in grade 8. Patsy being at the top of the school and the final grade in this location, and Eva likely looking up to Patsy as she was the older one. Both of these girls were average in their academics and both popular. In the following days after the girls were found, laid against an embankment in the late hours of the morning the previous Sunday, an autopsy was performed on both of them. With the possibility of murder, drug overdose, or liquor being involved, there were still so many questions unanswered. The girls had been missing since the previous Thursday, but were staying with friends and not touching base with their families. Some of the pupils at the school were interviewed and commented about the use of drugs at school and after school. 
things like marijuana and some chemicals, but no hard needle style of drugs. They concurred both of these girls engaged in these sorts of activities. However, in the end, the autopsy found nothing significant to realize their deaths. A news article almost six weeks later mentioned that both girls willingly took drugs, LSD, marijuana, and drank alcohol, but none of this would have caused their death. I did some research off of a website called The Recovery Village in regards to mixing LSD and alcohol. LSD is a substance praised by hippies and tech moguls alike. Because of the drug's mixed reputation and prevalence in pop culture, many people write off the potential dangers of LSD use and instead see it as a ticket to enlightenment. It turns out the effects of the substance are more complicated and often riskier than they appear. This is a synthetically created psychedelic substance notorious for its mind-bending psychological effects, commonly referred to as acid. Consumption of this drug elicits a period of visual, auditory, and perception changes that can last for 12 hours or more. Episode 19, Turk and Valerie, 17, Yellow Furniture. The significance of anniversaries, and more specifically about the number 17, my favorite number, It is the useful mastermind, not the visionary. Some other years that caught my eye based on color alone are fourth year is lime green. Fourteenth year is opal. Who uses this word anymore? Twentieth is emerald green and white. Why not peach? And twenty-four is lavender. Can't you just smell this when the word is mentioned? And thirty-five is coral, that pinkish salmon shade. The number 17 means insight, responsibility, self-discipline, strength, compassion, spiritual consciousness, wisdom, a desire for peace and love for all of humanity. The number 17 is a highly spiritual number and has been expressed by the ancient Chaldeans as the eight-pointed star of Venus. Can numbers really have a mystical and spiritual meaning? I believe so. There are many numbers that govern our life. For example, the number 17, my favorite number, has meanings that may have certain connection and characteristics with our life path. Sometimes numbers like number 17 show up in our life and we may not know the meaning of it. One of my family members is also celebrating her 17th year. She's a feline, tabby, with the name evolving over time from little tig to tiggy to just plain tig. It's my furry household friend. She has been heard and not seen, leaves tufts of fur and little gift piles along the house, greets me when I come home at the end of the day and sleeps with me each night. Yes, Tig, you too are 17 this year. The age of my domestic house cat. We've had her the entire time also. We consider her our first family member. And did you know this equates to 84 in human years?
17 fun facts about the number 17. There are 17 wallpaper groups. A haiku has 17 syllables. A Sudoku needs at least 17 clues to have a unique solution. The square root of 17 is the first one that Theodorus was unable to show was rational. According to Hacker Lore, 17 is the least or most random number. To the nearest order of magnitude, the universe is 10 to the power of 17. Episode 20, Calgary Age and Population. Take a listen! Did you know the average or medium age in Calgary is... 36.4 years old and the average or medium age in Alberta is 36.5 with a population of 1.37 million it's the third largest municipality and the fifth largest city in Canada the total population in Alberta is 4.146 million I've lived in Alberta for most of my life, minus a few years I spent in Saskatchewan going to college. Alberta is a stunningly wealthy province with mountains, rivers, lakes, and it just has a great home feel for me. I grew up kind of around the Jasper area, and so moving to Calgary, many Today's part one of five episode. What did you think about part one? Some interesting fun times with audio effects. But I learned that there's so much about this city, Calgary, Alberta, that I just had to sink my teeth in further. These two girls, Eva and Patsy, sit with me. Like, on a weekly basis, I think of them. My favorite number 17, jury duty, and more. Tomorrow, we're on to part two. Fallen officer, camps, giant robotic doll, mental health, and more. This is Valerie Moss from Studio 17. My mom was looking for a great story on... Uh, on uh, I got tongue-tied, Sorry. My mom was looking for a great story on an on. I got tongue tied. Sorry. And that's the end. Bye. <laughs> Why I'm just having a drink? Jeez, your mouth gets really dry talking like this. <laughs> Don't. I have to turn this way, man. <laughs> Mom, what do you mean that it goes under Edmonton Trail, the road? What do you, but how, what does that matter? Because doors are supposed to have holes in them that I don't think they're under trees. Do you think someone's under there? <laughs>